Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wait a minute, I don't know anything about you being an internet hoe. Oh, what does that mean? All right, well, let me teach you, Leanne. I got into the adult industry at a very young age, yeah. probably. I, I tried when I was 18, farted on somebody, and left because I was humiliated and oh just couldn't do it. Are you talking about porn? No, no, no. I oh. Well, I mean, no, I didn't do Stripping? porn. I was stripper, stripper okay. yes. Um, and I, you farted on somebody? I, yeah. I love you so much because I would have farted all over everybody. I was so nervous. So Did you guys want me here or here? I just kind of sat down. Okay, okay, gotcha. Hi, Hi how are you? Oh, I am. Are you I, this okay? is different because I'm not the one interviewing. So <laughs> I never, I rarely go on other people's podcasts. So I'm going to have to try to not ask you questions. Well, that's the thing. It's just, mine's not an interview. It's a conversation. Yeah, that's what I tell everybody. So whatever. Too. Yeah, awesome. Whatever. I love it. Uh, we talk about is whatever we talk about. Very cool. Love it. Love I just it. got that same bag. Oh, dude. I'm so excited. It's a freaking suitcase. <laughs> I love you get, it. You will fill everything, in, put everything in there, and it just right. is like so heavy. If you try to lift that, it's like 50 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But you can't put it in this, under the seat in front of you. That's the only bummer because everything fall out of it. I oh, love yeah, your nails. Sure. How do you function with those nails? I can't function without them. What do you mean? I've had them since I was 16. So I literally, like, my fingertips are unusually sensitive. So like if these aren't on, I can't touch anything because I, my I'm so used to just touching like this. Yeah, my fingertips have never really like been used. So it's like unless I was getting fingerprinted. For <laughs> but other than that, like I'm I just can't function without them. I can't I'm so imagine. used to the length and everything. I've had these since I was 16 years old. So that's so crazy. I know it's wild. I could I can't. I this is about as long. As I will get. I just am. I can't do it. I, I wish I, I could do that, but I have like little sausage link fingers. So if I don't have long nails, my I have my mom's hands. So either just short and stump, stumpy like fingers, and I don't like it. Well, they're beautiful. Wow. Your nails are awesome. I, I would, appreciate. I you. would. I would probably. Yeah, I would jump off the roof. With those things. <laughs> I'm too handy. I'm too like. Yeah. I'm too. Oh, I always joke. I catch them on stuff you, all the I time. I saw like you just them. on a video. I thought you lost yeah, one. Yeah, literally. In a oh no, it's this is it's still lifting. Oh, <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, we jokingly in my house say that Bert's the girl. Hey, come here. Oh, really? uh, he's the girl. Come I'm on. the guy. Sit down. Come on. Can you get up there? No, you can. Oh, you can. Help. He'll, he'll lay down in a second. He's just excited. It's new. He's used. To this, this is Halston, by the way. I'm Hi, so Austin. sorry. How are you? Yay. He's awesome. going to be in the other room. And then my Charlie's Angels box right there okay. is how he talks to us if he oh, needs to, to tell us awesome. to just Mike or whatever. I love that so much. Um, this is so cute. Thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Your husband's one of the nicest, most genuine, giving, lovely people. And he's like that every day, even when the cameras aren't on. I believe it. Like he is just... Sorry. My, I don't Chachi, care. Chachi, yeah. lay down, sir, with your fake chains. They're 
leaving stains on your neck. Oh, good. Are you going to guard the door? <laughs> yes, Thank you will. so much. We really needed that. It's nice and cool over there too. Um, he's exactly like that when the cameras aren't on and he's just a sweet, the sweetest. I call him an earth angel. Because he, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, my husband's the best. Like now my husband is really just so awesome and just a little, he's my little cherub angel. Oh, yeah. well, he clearly adores you. Ah, uh, he better. He, well, yeah, I <laughs> know, right? Kidding. Well, there's a lot to adore. <laughs> he better. I do a lot of shit for that man. No, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel the same way. Hey, I, I know, know right? Uh, I feel like I got really lucky too. I found my, my soulmate. I love that. You know, How long have you guys been together? Together? Almost 23 years. Uh, this December is 20 years married. If you could give advice to young girls who are just starting out in, in their marriage, what would you say to them? Uh, already married? Yeah, already married. Like, what is the secret to marriage? Uh, Your secret. Well, that's a complicated question. How long have you guys been married? Uh, going on, um, it'll be eight years soon okay. in August. So about halfway um, to me. Um, <laughs> something I discovered recently, which I've talked about a lot on my podcast, but I think is, I wish I had had this advice earlier, mm -hmm. is a friend of mine told me that she never stopped dating her husband, Aww, which yeah. is different than like a date night, mm -hmm. like actively dating somebody. If you think about when you were dating and how excited you would get and how'd you get really dressed mm -hmm. up. You know, Bert and I would go get dinner, but we'd be in like, you know, sweats. And when I started going, oh, I, I don't really do that. And when I started doing that again, it completely changed our relationship and Aww. nothing was wrong with our relationship. Right. It just made it like, Gave something to look better. forward to. Yes. And we got really kind of into each other again, Aww. even though we were never out. It was just a weird, subtle shift that yeah. made a huge difference in our happiness. I love that. So I, I say the same thing. I always tell everybody, I'm like, you have to remember why you guys fell in love and you have to always be best friends before anything. Right. Get comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. That's really good advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always say, if you can order a $10 pizza and play Scrabble all night and be happy, you got the right person. That's the best date ever. The I would, best. I would rather do that than go out. Where did you grow up? Uh, Vegas. I'm a Vegas girl. No I was born in Houston, grew up in Vegas. So, so how? Why did you go from Houston to Vegas? Um. So, my dad was, uh, hey Bill, love you, Bill. Uh, my dad was, and he was like in some sort of like bill collecting firm or something. I don't know. He's one of those people who called you and like really annoyed you, but he ran the whole place or something. So they moved us from uh, Houston to Vegas and he had his own business there doing that. So we grew up, I grew up on the east side of Vegas and got in a lot of trouble. And <laughs> Why'd you get in trouble? What'd you mean? Um, I was just a very tenacious child. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, I was always into something, always just pushing the boundaries. I was a, I was a born rebel. I had no, I was a rebel without a cause. I don't even know what I was fighting for, but I was fighting. I came out fighting like hell. Um, my, I, I think a lot of it had to do with my mom when I was three months old, um, dropped me off on a doorstep and my dad was in the hospital. Um, they, my dad was a musician and they were partiers and she was a stripper. And she, when my dad went to the hospital, cause he had, I think like hepatitis, the one from food hepatitis. Yep. Um, she ran off with his organ player, dropped me off on the doorstep. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, it you took were three him, months old. I was three months old. It took my dad two weeks to find me. When they did find me, these people had me like locked in a closet or something like that. Oh my God. So I think just not knowing who my real mom was, my dad immediately got custody of me. And this was in the 80s when a lot of dads didn't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, 
here I am getting raised by my dad who I have my two uncles with him. Uh, you know, they're not blood uncles, but they were just his best friends raising me. And it was like three men and a baby. And they would take me to bars and sit me on uh, pinball tables. And like my dad always said that he knew that I was going to love Vegas because I would watch the pinball table. Um, the lights light up and I would just for hours would just be like, oh, my God, the lights, you know, as a kid. So I think that might have started out, kicked off my rebellious streak as a child of just, you know, like, I, I don't know who my mom is. And, you know, just kind of not knowing how to deal with trauma at such a young age. Well, some, well, I mean, sounds like your mom was a rebel of her own kind, maybe not a super healthy one, but right. she definitely didn't march to the beat of anybody else's drum, sounds like. Yeah, for sure. Vanessa was a wild one. <laughs> Do you know her? Um, she she passed last year, oh, but- I'm sorry. I, no, it's okay. Um, she, her and I started a relationship. I found her online when I was 22. And- you know, my mom was a drug addict, so it was really hard to get close to her. I couldn't ever get her to come meet me in person or anything like that. It was like, if you want to see me, you have to come see me, mm. you know? So finally, when I was around th 36 years old, I was like, okay, I'm, I got to go meet my mom at least once face to face. And when I did, of course, my expectations were way too high mm. and I was a letdown. Um, but I still loved her regardless. And I knew that loving her meant that... Um, I was going to have to forgive her and it wasn't for her. It was for me. Mm -hmm. So that was the journey I went on. And then the last year before she died, I got to inherit custody of her. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Her doctor called me um, in April of, I think it was 2022 or 2023, 2023. I don't know. 2022. Yeah. Cause it's 2023. Okay. Sorry. I never know. <laughs> I never know where I'm at. Right, I, I don't either. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, they were like, your mom's on a ventilator. If you want to come say goodbye to her, you know, come say your, your last goodbyes or whatever. And I was like, I'm not gonna let my mom die alone in a, in a hospital. Like, you know, no matter what has gone on in our life, I'm not going to let her die alone. So I drove, you know, four hours from Nashville to Indiana, got there, sat by her side and the old bird didn't die. <laughs> she woke up and I was like, mom, I love you. But she was in, she was living in a house that was dilapidated. It was condemned, didn't have running water. Mm. Like it was just bad. And I was like, you know what, mom, come to Nashville. I'm going to take care of you. And that was a process in itself too. But, you know, I got to hang out with her a little bit. I got mad at her towards the end, um, you know, just because it was hard to, it was like, it gets to a point where it's like, you're like, damn, I'm like doing everything that you should have done for me. And, you know, you're so unappreciative. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of draw a hard boundary with her. And then uh, November 3rd, they called me and told me that she had passed, even though they said she was getting better. So it was a crazy wild ride, but wow. I'm glad it happened that way. So you had her from like April to November? Mm -hmm. April yeah. to November, yeah. Well, I think you can probably sleep easy knowing you did your very best. I'm just trying to make right. sure I have a, get a mansion in heaven. So I'm doing I, it with my dad now. Right. I'm you doing did. it with my dad now. You are? Yeah, my dad's in Nashville now. My dad has stage four cancer. Oh. I ended up leaving home at 14. Mm -hmm. I ran away from home at 14. I was just, I had a very abusive stepmom and um, my dad just didn't protect me at all. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I grew up around a lot of people that I didn't want to be like, mm -hmm. you know, at such a young age, I knew that it was wrong and it was toxic. And I just knew that I had a bigger purpose in life. I know that sounds crazy, but at 14, I was just like, I got this. I'm not, I'm never going back. And I never did. And well, where did you go? Um, I lived on the streets for a little bit. And then I, you know, I always, always had the most amazing friends who had amazing families who would let me sleep on their couch for like a couple weeks at a time. And then I ended up getting my own place. 
um, by the time I was 17. So, you know, it was like three years. I was just kind of like on the streets or like I would have boyfriends and stay at their houses until I would get kicked out. And, you know, it was just, it was um, an interesting uh, way to grow up, but I wouldn't change it for mm-hmm. the world because it made me the woman I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my dad and I had a super rocky relationship and he's always chose women over me. And, you know, I love Bill, but he was just, you know, a musician and he didn't heal any of the trauma that he had Mm -hmm. as a child. So I understand that. And then um, September of this year, me and my dad were not on speaking terms. We would go, we'll go like a year talking, a year not talking, a year talking, you know, this was one of the, we weren't talking stages and found out that he had stage four cancer. As Mm -hmm. soon as I found out he had, he had hidden it from me for the past year. Um, I just flew directly out to him, went and got him. It was just like, come on. And bring you to Nashville and help you heal. And he's, he, they gave him three months to live September and he's kicking ass. That's great. I know. So I'm excited. Wow. Yeah. So now I kind of understand why Jelly Roll kept saying, you've got to talk to my wife. We oh. have a lot of similarities. Really? Yes. Do tell. I don't want to, I don't want to retell too much for my audience, but for you, I don't have a great relationship with my mom. I still don't have a relationship with my mom. I, my mom had custody of me, but I lived all summer with my dad who had two male roommates. Mm. So I was sort of kind of raised yeah. by three guys. And I think being raised by three guys, because I wasn't, I didn't never felt safe at my mom's house. Right. So I hid myself a lot. I stayed really quiet. I stayed out of her way. Mm. Um, she was really unhealthy. At a very young age, I realized um, that her behaviors were not right. Mm. And I was not going to do that. Wow. Uh, So I just, just like sunk inside myself. Uh, Seventh and eighth grade, she moved me to another school and I started pretty much living with our neighbors. And when our neighbors moved, our neighbors tried to legally adopt me because of the environment I was in with my mom. Mm. But my dad's environment was really awesome, except, you know, He's like a bachelor with two other bachelors. And it was just like, you know, bachelor town every time I go there. I think that's one of the reasons I do so well with Bert is because my safest place was like, brah. I was just about to say that. I was about to say, and isn't it crazy that you married Bert? Because he's like the ultimate bachelor, quote unquote, bachelor, but acts like it. Yes. Yeah. He's a frat boy. He's like a (laughs) nine-year-old frat boy. Oh, yeah. That's entirely where I felt safe. My whole childhood was with these I mean, they were constantly having a party, constantly having parties. I love that. Um, That's how my dad was too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I see some similarities. I did, I actually had an argument with my mom when I was in my early 20s and uh, she kicked me out and I I was homeless for about 10 days. Not the same as you. Right. Not the same age, not a one-to-one. So but hurtful I, though. But it's so hurtful. Mm-hmm. And I understand what it feels like to be home insecure for a minute. Mm-hmm. I, 10 days is nothing compared to what you're talking about. But for 10 days, it was really scary. Yeah. You know, and I was I was living in New York City and oh like walking around from lobby to lobby with uh with like doorman lobby. And I was like, my friend lives here. I'm just gonna hang out on the couch. And then I'd just kind of like oh. on the couch. <laughs> So, and then, you know, I just said, this is, this isn't who I want to be. I don't want to be any of the things that my mom showed me. Um, So I got into therapy and I had a terrible drinking problem until I was. When did you get into therapy? Younger, when I was 23. 
That is amazing that you had even that wisdom at that age. I was partying and doing drugs. I didn't start getting into therapy until later on in life, but that's amazing that you were so young and you were just like, you know what? This is, I need to go to therapy. This is not what I want to do with my life. Well, you know, it had some, I'd been drinking so much. I started drinking when I was 13 mm. and I drank so hard that I had lost my hair. Oh, um, I had lost goodness. a lot of hair. And uh, when my, my mom, I was in a relationship with my mom at the time, took me to the doctor. He said, this is alcoholism. And, and I was like, I don't even drink. I don't know what he's talking about. He right. was a massive liar. I was right. a terrible liar. Well, not terrible. I was a, all I did was lie. Right. Never told the truth when I was young. Um, my liver was enlarged. There was like, she's in really bad health. Actually, I was only 20. Mm. So I think I turned 21. And shortly after that, um, I woke up and I had was in my bed and didn't remember getting in the bed. I'd already had a DUI. I'd already been arrested. Um, I, I, I got arrested for vandalism because I was um, vandalizing people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> I had Leanne. anger issues. I had a, I don't I look knew. like it in my nice little crocheted <laughs> sweater? I am 53, so, but yeah, I was, I was just a rager. I was How drag racing for money. I was like, you know. Yeah, but you're, you're a product of your environment. You yeah, know? I was mad. Yeah. I was really I mad. I was angry as fuck too. Rebel without a cause for no reason. I was like, fuck all you people. Yeah. I'm going to tear it up <laughs> all day. Too. I was the same way. Yeah. Like a bull in a china shop. Don't let me loose. <laughs> totally. And then when I woke up after I've already had the DUI, I was like, I don't know how I got home. Where is my car? I was living in Atlanta at the time. Found my car in a parking lot, keys in the ignition, door open, purse in the parking lot. Like mm. I was, I completely blacked out driving home and I went, okay, I think, I think I got a problem. Aww. So I just was like, I'm just going to stop drinking entirely. So I just stopped drinking entirely and I still wasn't happy. So right. I was like, something's still wrong. And that's when I, I got into therapy. That's amazing. Um, when I when I decided to get sober off of alcohol and drugs because I developed an insanely bad uh, pill problem, Xanax and Lortabs. Mm. I, I call them Lord Durves. Lord Durves. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, I'd love a Lord Durve. And um, drinking, binge drinking was so bad, like mm. every night. But it was like, I couldn't have one drink. I would literally drink and drink and drink until I passed out. Same. And, but I was a fun drunk. I tell everybody. Same. <laughs> I'm like, drunk money was a good time, okay? Um, and then I developed a really bad uh, cocaine habit. And I just immediately stopped one day. Like I looked at Jay after we had got together and um, Jay and I got together 2016. It was 2017. I just looked at him one day and I was like, I don't want this in my system anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want this in my blood anymore. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to take it anymore. He's like, yeah, okay, honey. Cause I suffer from severe anxiety. So he was like, there's no way you're never going to be able to take Xanax. Right. Completely stopped. Just Amazing. Cold turkey. But isn't it crazy that we have that mind frame to be able to just shut off? Like, okay, we know this isn't good for us anymore. It doesn't serve us a purpose anymore. And we're done. Like that's, that's super strong of you to be able to do that, especially at such a young age. Well, same, same to you. It's, it takes a, it takes a monumental amount of effort. Why do you think you had the wisdom to come? What made you come to that? Did you, what was it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Like, what was it in you that knew that what you were witnessing was not what you wanted? That's a different wisdom too. And you were really young. You were 14. Absolutely. I think I've always had the fear of ending up like my mom. Mm. And, you know, to wake up every day and have to take a Loratab. And even though I was a drug addict, I was very controlled with it. Like, so I would take a half a Loratab and a quarter of Xanax and that, and I was functioning. So to me, I wasn't an addict, but as I started, I guess it was when I started getting on my spiritual journey. And after Jay and I met, I just wanted to do better. You know, even though him and I were partying and we were in this crazy space, like, I don't know if it was him or if it was just the entire situation of finally feeling safe because I had just got out of an extremely abusive relationship Mm. too. And I was just battling so many demons at that point. And I was just like, I don't like the way I feel. So anytime I wake up and I'm like, I don't like the way I feel, I automatically change my life. And I've been like that since I was a kid. I woke up one day when I was 14. I don't like my life left my house and never went back, you know? And I think it's just a pattern I have, but I think just being with Jay, I just wanted to be a better example for his daughter because we ended up getting full custody of Bailey in January of 2017. And I'm like, how are we going to have full custody of this baby girl? Because her mom is a drug addict and I'm over here waking up in the morning, popping pills. Like, I'm not going to do this with her. And Bailey has been such a pivotal healing uh, just helped me on this journey um, because her and I literally live like parallel lives. Like what she what she deals with with her mom is what I've had to go through. Mm-hmm. So watching her heartbreak for the past eight years with her, the relationship with her biological mom has been healing and also just so frustrating because it's like, I just want to help her and just be like, I want to save her, you know, and I can't, I have to let her go through it herself. But at the same time, I'm so overly protective of her. So definitely Bailey was the monumental point of us both wanting to change our lives. Right. Kids are worth it, man, aren't yeah. they? Oh yeah. Kids yeah. are amazing. I know my mom cycled through uh, me being dead to her. So I just go a year or so without talking to me. And the last time she said that to me is when I told her I was pregnant with Georgia. Mm. And she sent me this email, oh, you're dead to me. I don't want to know you. Don't want to know your kid. Don't want to know your husband. And I went, guess what? You're not going to get to now. Mm. You're, I'm done now. Like, I keep trying to make this work, but you will not do this to my kid. No. You will not. Yeah. So, goodbye. Mm. Like, you said I'm dead to you. I'm actually going to make that true because I can't have you doing that to Georgia. And has she ever got to meet Georgia? Yes. um, I still remained uh, uh, close to her parents who just recently, her mom just passed away two years ago. Mm. So I would always make sure both both our girls knew their great-grandparents because that's your family. I didn't want them to not know my mom's family. My mom is the person I have problems with. So I always took them to my mom's family Mm. to make sure. And my mom busted in on one visit. Like my daughters are eight, maybe eight or nine and six or seven. And 
walked in like, hey, I'm your nanny. And they're like, we don't know you. Yeah. And then they <laughs> expect them to like want a relationship with them and they yes. get offended when they don't. Yes, she yeah. totally did. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw then and then when her dad died about five years ago and then that's it. But but that's I'm I'm at peace with it. I've I totally mm-hmm. forgive her. She's a she have I believe has some mental health issues that she's unwilling to look at and deal with. Mm-hmm. So I'm unwilling to, you know, suffer through her mental issues. Absolutely. If she's not willing to address them. It's not your job as her child to make her no go on her healing process. She's going to have to do that on her own. And I feel like our parents' generation, because I'm 43, I feel like our parents' generation, for some reason, they don't want to fucking heal. They don't want to talk about their trauma. They don't want to get help for anything. They would rather drink their alcohol, pop their pills and cut people off or just, you know, be a perpetual victim. Mm -hmm. And it's just wild to me because the generation after them, us, you know, their babies are over here just trying to do everything we can to just heal from all the shit they did to us. You know why? I think Hmm. we're the first generation of divorced parents. Mm. So our parents still came from intact homes, even if the homes were shitty. Mm -hmm. They were still intact. And mom did what moms do. And dads went to work. And they had this kind of like this model where they didn't have to take care of themselves. Right. But in some capacity, they were taken care of. They may have been, you know, abused or hit or whatever. I mean, I was spanked growing up too. But I had, when that core family breaks... You have to take care. You all of a sudden go, oh, what did I do wrong? Right. This is definitely my fault. I mean, mm-hmm. my parents divorced when I was seven and I was completely sure it was my fault, <laughs> you know? And then as a kid, you go, well, I need to fix it. Well, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? And my dad's in pieces, so I got to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And my mom's a lunatic, so I, I knew you would come in here. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Oh, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'll just leave that there. I'll just leave that there. No, you can. No, I'm fine. Oh, I love it. You guys remind me of Jay and I so much. I love you. Thank you, baby doll. I can't wait to do something. Oh, I can't wait. Is this in the way of the camera? (laughs) <laughs> Here, I'll put it on. The, I'll put it on this. Pull I'll put it, it on this. The is table. it you guys' anniversary? What's no, no, no. I wanted to have sex this morning. Oh, so I'm, I'm, it. Okay. I'm earning. I'm earning. It. I'm earning it. So this morning, <laughs> listen. Thank you, baby. Teach doll. my husband this. That's is trashy. It? He's so amazing. <laughs> this is the dog I wanted, and you made me get bull mastiffs. <laughs> it's huge. He's got the biggest pooper I've ever seen. Do you, like- Do you know how many people go to pet his ass and literally rub his asshole on accident? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Thanks, baby doll. You are so awesome. So this morning, I am so busy today. I'm like just a lunatic busy. Yeah. And he's like in bed going like, hey, how about a little wah, wah, wah? And I'm like, dude, I do not have time. Yeah. And he kept on and kept on. And I went, you know what? Today, you need to earn it. Oh, I love Today that. He so he cooked me breakfast. He um, 
he's been like complimenting me all day. Aww. He's giving me little smooches Aww. and he sent me flowers. I love that. I am so doing that today because every time, and I tell you this too, Mimi, every time I am so busy, I could be running out the door, just got out of the shower, just did my hair and makeup to go to set. And Jay will try to have sex with me. <laughs> won't try to bang me for the entire month because we've been so busy. But that one time that he knows I'm so busy, he wants to bang me. And literally I would, I'll get so mad at him. I'm like, I'm not, banging you right now, dude. Like Hello? I just got ready. Like what are you t- <laughs> 29 other days in the month and you want to pick today to try to bang me. Not saying we only have sex once a month so the internet doesn't fucking freak out. But <laughs> I'm just saying like, it just seems like that one time that I'm getting ready, literally. Yeah. No, I love that. You got to earn it. Gotta Daddy, earn it. you yeah, got to earn it. I was like, baby, you got to earn it today because <laughs> I give it up pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty yeah. easy date. Listen, I'm, I'm an easy lay myself. Like I get it. But this time I was like, I just ain't got time, honey. I ain't got time. I ain't got time for you. Girl, make him work so, for it. Uh, I love it. it. I love it too. And uh, he's done this always. This is my favorite rose. I and this it. is his favorite flower. Oh, is that a stargazer lily? It's just a white lily. I love stargazer maybe lilies. Maybe a stargazer, maybe. No, I think the stargazers have the freckles. Oh, or the pink or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, yeah he, Casablanca. That's the oh, Casablanca okay. lily. I love and it. I like peach roses. And he always, he has this one florist and she just keeps them. We're going to talk about this on the cooking show. Make them earn it. You should. Yes, because uh, you guys need to teach Jay and I that because I'm going to make them earn it. <laughs> He's pretty great. Pretty no, I great. know. So, so is Jay. He's amazing. Uh, I think Bert looks for excuses to do stuff like this, which Aww, is really sweet. I love it. So what was different about Jay? Uh, J- I call him Jelly Roll. What, what was different about him than guys you dated before? What was the difference? Because Bert's very different than anybody I dated before. Oh, I've never dated anybody like Jay before. I always, well, okay, that's a lie. I've dated nothing but felons. So Jay falls in that category. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but felons. Drug dealers, felons, and tattooed guys love. But I've always dated tattooed musicians, but just, um, I like, you know, like, I don't really have a type now that I think of, do I have a type? What is it? Okay, I love guy liners. I love emo goth boys. Okay. I love like the dark black hair, the eyeliner, tattoos, stuff like that. Like that's my shit. Um, and when I met Jay, I'm not Jay's type either. I, mm-hmm. I'm very vocal about this all the time on my po- podcast um, also. Um, I'm not Jay's type and he's not my type. But for some reason, Leanne, when we met in 2015, um, it was literally like my soul was like, there you are. No, it was the weirdest thing. And it sounds so cliche, but I was just like, why am I attracted to this man? Like there's nothing that I would ever normally be attracted to. And he felt the same way, but I didn't know it. We both didn't know that we were feeling the same way about each other. And then, you know, we started talking as friends and I was in that really abusive relationship and that dude ended up going to prison. And when he did, Jay started poking his head around and I was like, Hey, you know, to a mutual friend, give Jay, my number. And they did. And, you know, we just started off being friends. He would call me for advice about Bailey. And like, you know, I was, I, I always have a soft spot for, um, you know, single dads because of my dad. And I just thought it was really sweet because he's like, you know, I think I'm going to have to get custody of my daughter. And I just told him straight up, you know, like no matter what happens with us, like I will help you get that little girl because I knew the situation that she was living in. Right. And, you know, every little girl, every little girl and boy deserve a chance. You know, if they have somebody who's willing to give them a life that they can't have in their home that they were, you know, born into, 
I'm all for it, you know? So I just, Jay's very, he puts the riz in charisma. I always tell him that. <laughs> that he does. He's very charismatic. <laughs> he's so charismatic and he is just, I don't know. He's the most beautiful man I've ever seen. And I love him and I couldn't imagine life without him, dude. It, so it's great. wild. We got together in July of 2016, got married in August of 2016. Wow. 30-day romance. And let me tell you, when you take two wild hyenas and put them in a cage, <laughs> they're going to fight. Right? <laughs> and let me tell you, the first three years, Jay and I had to figure it out. He had never had to be in a relationship. He had relationships before me, but he was never good by those people. And, you know, they were very toxic. And I was just coming out of a severely abusive relationship and, you know, toxic relationships upon toxic relationships. So we kind of had to learn how to heal together. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a wild ride the first three years, but now it's kind of like smoothed out and, you know, we're just kind of coasting now. So that's great. Yeah. What was that? What was, I think, what was the most important thing you learned in the first three years? Um, should I talk about it? So Jay had an affair um, okay. for a year behind my back. And I know he- For a year? For a year. That's a long time. Yeah. And he, and I don't ever want anybody to think any less of him because he doesn't deserve that. Um, you know, Jay and I got married and I'm not excusing his behavior, but at the same time, I understand, you know, it's like you take a wild animal and you try to put him in a cage and like teach him how to be domesticated, he's going to buck a couple times, you know, and same with me. I've never had to be in a consistent monogamous relationship either. I've always been very, you know, open with my sexuality and Jay has also. So um, when we got into the relationship, even though we agreed, you know, like, Hey, if you ever want to bring a third party in, you can let me know for some reason, I think it just scared the shit out of him that he woke up one day and was married, you know? And so it happened immediately right after we got married. So we got married in 2016. The affair was started in, it was with an ex in 2017. And I think I found out about it 2018, right? Early on in 2018. And um, we learned from that. That was the pivotal moment of where we were like, okay, this is make or break. Like I left and I went back to Vegas, packed up all my shit because for like a year and a half, he had gaslit me and I knew something was going on, but I just could I didn't want to believe it. And mm -hmm. I couldn't put my finger on, on it. And I was just so in love with him that I was just like, you know, I just didn't want to think that he would do anything, but the, all the signs were there. You know, when your man's cheating, I don't mm -hmm. know if you and Bert have ever been through anything like that. No, we haven't, but I've been cheated on before. It's the worst it, feeling in the, the world. Worst, yeah. yeah. And when I finally did find out, I went back to Vegas I didn't think I'd ever hear from him again. And the day that I got back to Vegas, he was like, I will tell you everything. I'm sorry. I just want my wife and my family back. Aww. And I was like, I don't, normally I would have been like, fuck you and never talk to you again. But with Jay, I was just like, okay, everybody deserves a second chance, you mm -hmm. know? And from that day on, Jay has completely changed who he is. I've completely changed. We started, we went to therapy together. And honestly, that's where I learned that you have to be comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations. Communication is key, but comprehension is vital. Mm. Like you, you guys can talk all day long to each other, but if you're not understanding each other, you're never going to get anywhere. And, you know, we really, we don't go to bed angry anymore. We barely even fight anymore, but it was, it was, um, you know, it was hurtful what we had to go through, but it happened for a reason. And I'm so thankful that it did because it just made us the best of friends. And like, 
like I said, I couldn't imagine life without that dude. So that's awesome. It's yeah. like you had to walk through fire a little bit. Literally. I always say we had to burn the house down to rebuild. That sounds like it. And yeah. Hey, who cares? Yeah, absolutely. What happens is, you know, what matters is where you are today. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, No, I'm so proud of him. And dude, I just everything we've ever said we wanted to do when we first got together because Jay wouldn't have sex with me the first night that I met him. No? <laughs> no, not that I met him, but the first night that we got to actually like be alone and like he came to my apartment. Um, I had this like high rise penthouse and he came to stay with me for a couple of days. He was supposed to only shoot content. Um, and I thought he was just coming as friends, but I found out later that it was, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, oh God, what was my point? What were we talking about? Oh yeah, how he wouldn't sleep with him. Sorry, I blocked this out. Because <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Right. Um, he made me make a five-year plan with him when we were laying in bed. And I was like, "We, it's six o'clock in the morning. We have j drank an entire bottle of vodka. We just got in from fucking some honky-tonk that was at the MGM. Losers, <laughs> shout out losers. Um, and you want me to make a five-year plan? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Okay. So I lay next to him and I'm like, well, I want my own radio show or a podcast. And like, we started, I want to buy my first house. I want this, I want that. And he's told me his plan and literally everything we planned the first night that we got together, Leanne, we completed within the fifth year. And then now we're just kind of like, he wants to make another plan, but we just haven't had time. We've been so busy, mm -hmm. but like, it was like, we really manifested everything that we ever wanted together. That's awesome. No, it was, it was it's really beautiful. So can I tell you, Bert yeah. and I have something called the summit. Okay. So we have a summit once every year or so uh -huh. where we plan a day where we sit down and do exactly what you just said. Oh my God, I, I got goosebumps. We've done that our whole marriage. Uh, we have very similar relationships, it sounds like. Can you and Bert be our, um, what is it that we need? Like, what is it called? Not protege, but what would you be? Like, I don't know. Our coaches, our, like I don't our know. mentors. I think Can you and Bert be our mentors? Well, our I, marriage mentors? I think we may be <laughs> each other's because- uh, Let's do it. You sound very similar. Uh, I love that. The summit and do it every year. The summit. We call it, you know, because everything for Bird has to be dramatic. We yeah. can't just be like, so what's your five-year plan? He's not going to, doesn't care about that. Right. I'm like, get the flag and stake it. What's the summit? <laughs> Let's get this shit rolling. But we've done that forever. And I we do it. That. We always say, this is a safe place. There's no feelings here. Yeah. It's just about like curiosity. Yeah. What do you want? What do I want? How do we do that? Can we afford that? How much money does that take? How does that affect our kids? What do our kids think about that? It's all about curiosity around your goals. I love that. Um, it's, it's been a really great part of our marriage. I love that. Summit. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to focus on a yearly thing because we just haven't had enough time to even sit down and try to plan another five years. Yeah. It's been insane. But I think if maybe we could sit down and... Because every year what I have my family do mm -hmm. is... I'm into vision boards and manifesting a lot. Mm -hmm. So every year, they, I, they hated this whenever I first started this like five years ago. I came to them with all these magazines and poster boards and I was like, we're going to make vision boards. And they were like, why? <laughs> and then now I think they actually get excited about it because yeah. they get to see like how much they've accomplished in that year. So what we do is we sit down, we, got, we cut out everything we want, we paste it on the board and then on the back, we put down everything that we want for that year. Mm -hmm. And then that, in December of whatever year we do it, 
we read it out to each other after that year has passed and, you know, we sit down and we make new vision boards. So that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I love it. It's so fun. Vision boards are so powerful I because uh, yeah. it's like a clear roadmap. Absolutely. You know, yep. they're the best. I vision boarded Bert. So I vision boarded this, a guy that I wanted Aww. and Bert showed up. Oh. So I, I don't remember the stuff on the vision board being mm. what Bert actually is. Yeah. But I remember putting things in there like laughing and, you know, you cut words out yeah. of the magazine. Yes, yep, I do that too. Uh, I did. T I labeled it and I talked about what I, the values I wanted in my relationship mm -hmm. really because when you get to a certain age, I met Bert when I was 32. Mm -hmm. So I had dated a bunch of guys. Yeah. And I kind of- You knew what you wanted. I did. I figured out what was working for me. So I got real clear about it. And then I feng shui my apartment. <laughs> I love that. My neighbor was Korean and she was like, I don't understand why you're single. And I was like, I don't either. <laughs> she said, well, let me look at your bedroom. I think so. you're, you're feng shui and your bedroom's off. So she went in there. She was like, this is terrible feng oh, no. shui. So these are the things you need to do. And then a guy will show up. And he showed up like six weeks later. Where'd you guys meet at? We met here in LA. We met bowling. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, mutual friends all just got a bunch of friends together to go bowling and I asked him out. I gave him my number. I love that. Yeah. And he and didn't call me. He was scared of me. So, <laughs> Why was he scared of you? Um, I've been told I can be a little intense mm -hmm. and intimidating. When's your birthday? So August 20th. I'm oh, so Leo. You're, you're a Leo Virgo. You're right on the cusp. I'm a Leo Aries moon, Aries rising, mm -hmm. Leo Mars. I love that. So I got a lot of fire. I love it. And while playing bowling, I could be a little intense. Playing bowling while, while bowling. I was <laughs> yeah. a little intense, I think. So I love that. Um, so I was at bingo the other night. I was cussing everybody out. I, I fucking love bingo. Uh, me too. Where I'll were go. you playing bingo? South Point in Vegas. We, we got, they have the little, everybody gets mad, but they're the little computerized things. I'm sorry, I have ADD and I can't keep up with the daubers oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. But they gave us the machines and I'm telling you, she called bingo when she didn't have it. If the old people... <laughs> Let me tell you something. They will slit your throat <laughs> if you fucking say you have bingo and you don't have it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love bingo. No, me too. Oh my God. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, so he didn't call you. So he didn't call me and I was, I actually knew his roommate. And so I called his roommate like four or five days later and was like, why didn't Bert call me? And he goes, well, I don't know. Ask him yourself. Handed his phone to Bert. And I was like, what the heck, man? Why didn't you call me? And he just kind of stuttered for a little <laughs> bit. And I went, hey, I'll give you a hint. If you ask me out, I'll say yes. Aww. So just ask me out. And he asked me out. And I was like, great. We decided to date in time. Apparently, he hung up the phone and looked to his roommate and went, she just wants me for my body. <laughs> and I, that was not it. <laughs> Uh, and when he showed up for the date, I was dressed for a date. I was like in a dress and heels. He literally pulled up out front and like honked his horn. With his shirt off. such a fucking jerk. <laughs> but I come out, but I get him because I grew up with three dads, right. right? So I go out and get in his truck and he realizes it's a date, has a panic attack, can no longer tolerate his shoes, eats nothing at dinner. <laughs> uh, go for the dinner's over and he goes, okay. Want to go somewhere else for dessert? Okay, eats nothing. Okay, want to go for an after-dinner drink? Yes, starts getting drunk. The bar closes at 2 a.m. You want to go to Ralph's and get a six-pack of beer? And I'm like, dude, this, this is, I mean, okay. <laughs> you get a six-pack of beer, drink the beer, and he's just keep, wants the night to keep going. And I'm like, you got to leave. I mean, yeah. this is the longest date ever. Um Kicked him out and- uh, She said this is the longest date ever. It was the longest date ever. It went on forever. Um, 
And nine o'clock the next day, he called me. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> Going to yoga. Can I come? Okay. I'll cook you dinner afterwards. Okay. Went to yoga with me. Cooked me dinner afterwards. 9 a.m. the next day. What are you doing tonight? We'll go for a hike. Can I come? And I'll cook you dinner <laughs> afterwards. He did that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was actually seeing somebody else at the time, just barely. Right. Like two weeks, maybe three. Leanne the player. Oh, barely. <laughs> Do I look like a player? No. Um, but after about two weeks of bird, I was like, oh, hold on. I think this is what I've been looking for. Mm. I didn't really, I've been looking for the wrong thing. Mm. I've been looking for like super stable, really predictable. Mm. Now I'm bored and I'm bouncing. Right. That's what I was doing over and over again. Mm. Really good looking, quieter, mm -hmm. really handsome. Stuffy. Maybe not stuffy, mm -hmm. but not. Bert. Right. You know, no. I, I I just didn't. Did Bert remind you of your dad? Bert definitely has shades of my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad is, shades, is as he's gotten older, my dad's gotten a lot kind of more subdued, mm -hmm. but it was a party house. Mm -hmm. My dad was always up to some kind of shenanigan no. all the time. <laughs> they were like building a raft from scraps around the yard to float down the river, you know, just like <laughs> the most ridiculous things. And that's Aww. definitely the way Bert is. Mm -hmm. um, but my dad's a lot more kind of shy in public. Mm -hmm. He's very gregarious in his group. But once you get him in like a broader, more public form, he's really quiet and really shy. Mm. Um, but they both have anxiety problems. Mm. Um, so that's the same. Mm. Um, but my dad's so solid and such a um, genuine person. You know, he's a lovely human being, my dad. Mm. He's really wonderful. He's the reason that I am... Uh, successful as a human is mm. my dad. I mean, it's me, obviously, but it's the stuff that I just relied on from my dad mm. that as I got older, kind of relied on. Yeah. You know, he's just a great man. I love and that. And he and Bert are love each other. They're Aww. a really good relationship. I so, love that. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. I didn't know you guys' story, so. Yeah, awesome that's how we hear. met. Bowling. I love it. I bullied him into dating me. <laughs> and now I just bully him all the time into like sending me flowers, clearly. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn it, baby. You gotta <laughs> earn it. But you know what? A man like that needs a woman like you because they need to be kept on their toes and they need some sort of grounding. Mm -hmm. You know, because my husband's like a hot air balloon. If you don't <laughs> hold the string, he's gonna go everywhere, dude. Like, he, I don't, sometimes, I, we were just talking about that on the way here, they were like, why did Jay stay so far away from the the shoot? And I was like, because my husband doesn't know what the fuck he's doing ever. <laughs> I'm like, he is difficult for no reason. And I step out of the chaos. I do my own thing. I'm like, cause I'm very, I'm like you, I'm very grounded, very timely, very just, you know, have yeah. to have a schedule, yeah. have to have a schedule. Yeah. And my husband is the complete opposite. Just fly by the seat of his pants, show up with you know, just his hair fucking blowing in the wind and smelling like weed. <laughs> I'm always wiping crumbs off of him. I'm like, come on, get it together, baby. Are you married to Bert also? No. <laughs> Aversion, probably, yes. Same exact thing. I'm the same thing. I'm like, dude, how do you get from A to B? He used to, when he, before he met me, he's so afraid of, of stuff that regular people are, are just, it's just life you have to deal with. <laughs> so he's really afraid of like- My husband too. You cannot have a conversation about anything unless it's on a, t a time. Like he has to have a certain time to talk about things. He does? Oh yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? <sighs> I mean, like if, sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was no, just agreeing fine. with what you were saying. No, sorry, the ADD. Um, if, say like there's something going on with the kid and I'm like, hey, you know, 
this is happening with Bailey right now, blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, I just, I can't talk about it right now. Can we talk? I need to think about it. Can we talk about it in like a day or two? And I'm like, no, this shit's in real time. We got to talk. We got to deal with this baby. And he'll just be like, or like, we'll be laying in bed and I haven't seen him all day. Right. Cause we've been so busy and I'll just be on my phone. He was talking about this at dinner the other night. I'll just be on my phone and I'll just like, be like, Hey, the kid, you know, fucking smoked her first joint, you know? And I just have to like casually put it in there because if it's too overwhelming for him, he doesn't want to talk about it. You are married to Bert. <laughs> okay. I swear to God, it's the same. No wonder they get along so good. And they're the same human being. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not even joking. I can't, today I called Bert and said, hey, I need, because I can't just tell him something. Right. I have to say, I need to tell you something. I need to talk to you about something. Right. Because if I just do that, what you just did casually, mm-hmm. That'll work sometimes, but sometimes it blows up in my face. Right. So I'll call, I need to talk to you. <laughs> call me when you're in the space. You can hear me, but right. it needs to be today. Non-negotiable today. I so, love I love the way you talk. I'm totally taking like... I'm so direct. Apparently, I'm just really direct. Bert said I'm dead inside. Oh. I'm just so direct. I'm dead inside. <laughs> no. But I am direct because I'm just like, this is what I need. Yeah. Right? Why beat around the bush? This is what I need. Yeah. I have nothing hidden. Yeah. Um... I love that. So he calls me back and I go, okay, I have a question about this, whatever it was I was asking him. He's like, oh, I can't talk about this right now. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) I gave you the space (laughs) to call me when you could talk about something. (laughs) And you, so I should get free reign in that space. And he's like, I can't deal with this at all today at all. That is my husband, 100%. (sighs) There's so so much I don't even tell him anymore. I just kind of handle it on my own because I'm just like, I only bring him in when I have to. Well, I did that for a long time and it backfired on me big Mm. time, Mm. Uh, big time. I only bring him in when I have to. Well, I did that for a long time and it backfired on me big Mm. time, Mm. Uh, big time. How Something was going on with Georgia and um, she was fine. It's just rebellious Mm -hmm. teenager bullshit. But she had an incident that was really kind of a big deal. And... uh, She's fine. Everything was fine. But I was like, he's, this is going to cause such a shitstorm in my life to tell him that I can't deal with telling him right now. Right. I need to deal with telling him when I can deal with him. Right. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not as simple as. No, I get it. You know, certain points, you're you're not getting a partner. You're getting another child. Absolutely. 100%. Right? Yes. And so then you go, in order for me to take care of myself mm-hmm. and to be here for everybody else, mm-hmm. I just need to just not have you involved in this at the moment. Absolutely. And then when he found out I'd done that, it made him feel like we weren't partners. It Aww. made him feel like I don't um, trust him, that I don't think that he's capable as a parent, that it just caused a very different shitstorm than the one I was expecting. Right. If I had told him in the moment. Yeah. So. But your intentions were so pure. Yes. And it still came across as like yes. hurtful to him. The impact was the problem. Mm. The intention was great. The yeah. impact was the problem. Mm. So, but since then it was good because he said, you know, I think we just need a code word mm-hmm. so that I can like know that this is actually something I really got to hear. Right. Even though I don't want to. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I was talking about today is not as serious as what happened with our daughter. Right. But um, 
you know, the general, not really serious, but somewhat urgent things. Mm -hmm. Like I need an answer for something for business because someone else is asking me for a deadline Mm -hmm. is the stuff that spirals him out. But so we're like, okay, (laughs) well, Same with Jay. He hates being on deadlines. Cannot like, don't ever give him a deadline. Don't give it. It's like giving him an ultimatum. He will lose his shit, dude. Same. Yeah. Same. So then, so then, is it because, because for Bert, he feels like no one can tell him how to live his life. Is it like that? It th- that and Jay hates making decisions. Same. He like he will be like teeter tottering on. Jay. It could be the simplest thing. Same. When we we just bought a house and literally he was just like I don't know. I it, and I was like you know what fine if you don't want to move this is what we need to do to this house and I gave him a list to make it livable and he was just fine like okay I had to do that so that he was just like okay we'll get the new house because it was just more cost effective to buy a new home yeah. than to fix everything that we needed in our old home. It's just, they're just not good at decision-making, I think. And yeah. yeah. It causes anxiety. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and they, they they become like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It's freeze. They're, they they freeze. It's, yeah. I, we're fight or flight. I'm fight. So, oh, I'm fight too. All I'm day. I'm ready to fight all, yes. all the time too. <laughs> Jay always says that. He says, I have more testosterone than a UFC fighter. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that. No, it, but that's just how we were raised and we're yeah. just natural born fighters. And I also, I run too. So like if I get, if I'll fight and then I'll leave. So right. like, that's me. And then Jay is just freeze. Like you just can't get him out of it. And you got to like really massage that situation to get, a response out of him. So, right. yeah. Speaking of teenagers, you need to tell me how I'm going to survive these teenage years. We have a 15-year-old and it's been a wild ride this year for us. Oof. Started at 13. 15 got a little worse and I'm just like, holy shit, am I going to survive this? Is it like attitude or behavior or? You know, a lot of it stems from the trauma from her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's the best kid in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I never want to make, I don't want to cause more trauma for her and neither does her dad. So it's like, you know, we're just in this position where it's like, we want to be stern with her, but at the same time, it's like, we want to be not the cool parents and not the friends, but we want to like have an open communication with her. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't have an attitude, but she, it, I just, it's so hard to, cause I don't want to say, oh, of course not. Um, yeah, no, 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 of course not. It's more of just like, um, lying, Oh, manipulating. Oh, come sit next to me. I got all <laughs> okay. kind of lying. I was a professional liar and then gave birth to a professional liar. Oh, I know all about that shit. Yeah. So I read this great book mm-hmm. uh, called Untangled. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a psychologist who worked in an all-girls school in Chicago, I think maybe, or somewhere in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It was so helpful because... I read it right before when our girls were in middle school. Mm-hmm. So we're just starting teenagers. And the lying, she talks about lying in that book. Mm-hmm. So what lying is, is multiple things, but they're testing. They want the boundary that they're lying about. Right. They want you to hold the boundary, but they also, what they're doing at the core is trying to be their own person Mm -hmm. and they're angry because they're not really able to be. Mm. So the lying is, is a, is about that struggle of um, like, there's a saying that goes, I hate you. I hate you. Now, can you drive me and Peggy to the mall? Right. Like that's how every teenage girl feels. Mm -hmm. It's like, I hate you. I'm going to cuss you out. Now, can you do something for me? Cause I can't do it for myself. Right. So they lie to try and keep some autonomy. Mm. So, 
what she recommended in that book is to give them places where they could have absolute control. Like we gave our girls their rooms. I think there's probably rattlesnakes living in my daughter Isla's room. <laughs> it is the most disgusting. It's it's an episode of Hoarders. No, it is, it's so I, bad. I mean, you could, there's probably cockroaches in there. You could put a saddle on and ride around. I get room. it. Yep, that's how our kid is. But that's what we decided. And we said that to her, right? Yeah. This is your domain. You can't yeah. damage the property. Uh, you can't, you know, do anything that will, da- like, is dangerous right. in your room. There's no drugs, no alcohol, you know, all those absolutely basic rules. But other than that, if the clothing on the floor rots and disintegrates into the floor, <laughs> it's your room. That's like that. your autonomy, right? right? That's where you get to just do whatever you want. So you don't, you guys don't make them clean their room or be on a schedule or anything like that? I had one caveat. Mm-hmm. I said, I get to ask you to clean your room like twice a year, like Christmas. Nice. You need to clean it all out because you're about to get a bunch of gifts and all this family's coming into town. So before Christmas, you got to clean it up, like totally, okay. like the way I want it. Mm-hmm. And then I get one other time. Like if I go in there one time and I'm like, okay, seriously, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. like, <I'm> done. <laughs> and so that's it. I get two times a year, I get mm-hmm. to ask, no questions asked from her to clean her room. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that works smoothly or easily right. or with eff- no, a lot of effort. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fight to get her to clean the room, mm-hmm. but I keep going back to that's our deal. Right. You get the room if I get the clean room twice yeah, a year. Your word is bond. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece she talked about with lying is you, some of the lying is actually healthy mm-hmm. because it is them testing their own boundaries. How much will they lie? How much will they compromise their ethics in themselves to figure out where their own ethical line is? So you have to decide which lies are deal breakers for you and which you're just going to kind of like go, I don't really see that. And what I did with our kids is I explained this whole concept to them. I said, hey, I know you're going to lie. I lie lie like a rug at your age. Mm -hmm. I get it. But here's the ones that are really bad. If you're Mm -hmm. going somewhere, I need to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm nosy, but because we live in a place where there could be a massive earthquake and I would yeah. have no idea where you are. Yeah. So you can't tell me you're going to Long Beach and end up in Woodland Hills. Right. Now I don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. That's a deal breaker for me. So that's one. Um, you can't lie to me about stuff going on at school with your academics. Mm-hmm. You just tell me what's going on. Even yeah. if you're failing, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Don't lie to me about that, yes. right? I know you're going to drink. I drank. I know you're going to smoke weed. Uh, do you let them drink in your own house? No, with ma'am, we do not. Okay. And that's, I explained that to them. I explained to them, in our house, it is illegal to drink until you're 21. Mm-hmm. So you don't drink in my house till you're 21. Mm-hmm. I'm not stupid. Right. I know that you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And you probably sneak it in my house. If I catch you, you're going to be in fucking trouble. Right. But I'm not stupid. I know this is what, is going on. Same with the lying. I know you're lying to me sometimes. Here's the deal breakers and I may come up with another deal breaker I don't even know about. Like if you do something that I go, okay, hold on, that's too much. Yeah. I can't lay out every rule. Right, absolutely. unrealistic. Mm -hmm. But I just explained it to them in a situation when they weren't in trouble. Like, hey, I need to have a talk with you. I see this is happening, you know, a lot. So let's just lay down some ground rules when you're not in trouble or we're not having this issue so that the next time this happens, we've already talked about it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did with both girls. And they still did it 
But at least I felt like once they'd crossed a line, it was something that was already discussed and already understood. Yeah. So it was a little less dramatic in the moment mm. instead of them being like, how could you ground me for that? Well, right. I already told you I'd ground you for that. Mm-hmm. This is not a big surprise. Yep. You know, I, I, I ran all over my daddy. Mm. He had no idea what <laughs> I was doing. Yeah. So I had no parenting with that. I mm. would tell him, whatever I need to tell him to get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted them to be able to have bad behavior and get in trouble for it. And because that's the way life works. Right. And then have bad behavior and get away with it. Yeah. You know, we did, we do something like that too. We have a home plan that we have worked out with Bailey and just kind of like exactly what you say, you know, like, you know, school is an absolute deal breaker. If, you know, always communicate with us. If you need a tutor or if you, you know, are not doing good in school, let us know before anybody else can let us know so that we can one, help you and two, you know, figure out a a plan. And we do the same exact thing. So I love that. That's good. It makes me feel good that we're actually like, you know, doing something right. So, (laughs) Well, you think about it. I think about this for myself. I was a disaster, Mm, a disaster. Same for a long time. And I turned out really good. I'm happy with myself. You are amazing. I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but I am happy with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's all I want for my kids. So if they have these moments of bad behavior and, you know, bullshit, I, I, they're going to be fine. You became the mom that you never had. Correct. And that's a beautiful thing. You are 100% correct. I relate to you in talking about how you, um, deal with your daughter mm-hmm. um, because it does heal you. If you yes. allow it to, mm-hmm. you can be the parent you never got. Oh, yeah. And it's sad sometimes. It makes me really sad sometimes where I go, oh, that's a bummer. I didn't get this. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about with your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's also a blessing that you're able to do that for someone else. Absolutely. But I, I feel like we chose our paths before we came here. Agree. And I totally 100% feel like this is something that our souls yearned for. Mm-hmm. So we're just fulfilling what we desired before we even came here on earth. Totally agree. I saw this woman who was a medium who said that to me. Mm-hmm. She said, you picked your mom because you wanted to be done and you're Aww. done. So wow. you don't need to do anything else with that soul. They gave me goosebumps. That you're done with her. So just relax and enjoy your life. And I was like, wow. That's mind-blowing, yeah. It was pretty crazy. I love that, though. Yeah, she didn't know anything. I didn't ask her a question. She knew my first name, and that's all she knew. And the first thing she said to me was that. Mm. You're done with her. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's like, that's how it is at my house whenever we're doing something. We could be like filming, and Jay will be just hobnobbing around. You don't even know what he's doing down there. He's just down there doing weird shit. Was that so. him? Yeah. I th- no, I think that was Bert. But Probably. I was like, that's how Jay is. <laughs> like Same. literally. Again, married to Bert. <laughs> yeah. So what have you not done yet that you want to do? What have I not done? Um, You know, like on our five-year plan that we made or just, just kind anything. of in general in life. I mean, I started my podcast, The Dumb Blonde Podcast in 2016, 18. Why do I always think it was the 16th? Yeah, or 16 in 2018. And it has grown to this, to levels that I never thought possible, dude. I mean, we're getting like close to 2 million downloads a month. Amazing. I mean, it's insane. I'm making six figures a month off of it. And I, I don't say that to brag. I say that because I can't fucking believe it. Right. You know, like off of a, like I'm used to having to take my clothes off to make a living. (laughs) 
making that much money with my clothes on is just so insane. I was able to retire from being an internet hoe this year because of the podcast, you know? And it's like- Wait a minute. I don't know anything about you being an internet hoe. Oh, what does that mean? All right. Well, let me teach you, Leanne. Um, so- I got into the adult industry at a very young age. Yeah. Probably, I, I tried when I was 18, farted on somebody and left because I was humiliated and oh just couldn't do it. Are you talking about porn? No, no, no. I oh. Well, I mean, no, I didn't do Stripping? porn. I was stripper. stripper oh, okay. Yes. Um, and I, you farted on somebody? I, yeah. I love you so much because I would have farted all over everybody. I was so nervous. I had yeah. bubble guts. It was oh, the totally. worst thing in the world. So I'm 18. They, My friends, everybody in Vegas, I grew up in a different lifestyle. Yeah. When you grow up in Vegas and sometimes, you know, out here in LA too, it's just you everything is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, period. Like, and that's how Vegas is. So when you grow up in Vegas, girls don't say, oh, I want to grow up and be a doctor. They say, I want to grow up and be a stripper. You know, right. that's just how it happens. Right. So 18, all my friends are dancing. I'm, you know, still just trying to figure out life. And they took me to Cheetahs, which is so gross. Now, do you know Cheetahs? <laughs> oh yeah, I've been to Cheetahs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. They took me to Cheetahs and they just put me in this outfit, my girlfriends, and they throw me out on the floor. And I'm just like, I'm like a deer in headlights, just like, what is happening? Oh like, God. where am I? And you know, I grew up in a, my dad went from being a musician to a straight Bible thumper. Wow. So it was like, you can't listen to secular music, even though I grew up on nothing but rock and roll and watching my dad's band play. Like How it was crazy. I think it's because he had an affair and then my stepmom made him become like that person or they were going to split. So, right. um, you know, so I had all this religious trauma too that I was dealing with. And I was just like, oh my God, this isn't right. And you know, I'm going to go to hell. And they throw me in this bachelor party. There's like five dudes sitting around. And I'm like, okay, I'm not a bitch. I'm, I'm gonna do this, right? <laughs> so I get in the middle of them. My stomach hurts so bad. I'm talking like, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let out a silent one. Nobody will know, right? Oh so I'm my God. Given this lap dance, I let it out. And I'm telling you, it was one of those farts that like, I call them fluffs. It was one of those fluffs that flattens your stomach. You know, like instantly where yeah. you just feel so much relief. Yeah. And it smelled oh like God. something oh died. These dudes, <laughs> the dude I was dancing for jumps up, oh looks at his friend across the way and goes, you're fucking nasty. Oh my and God. they all start blaming each other because it smelled so bad. So I just, I didn't even get my money. I just literally ran out of there and was just like, I'm never dancing again ever in my entire life. Lies. I went back when I was 21. So I started dancing. I danced for about 11 years and then I got into high-end escorting mm -hmm. um, because, you know, after so long, you get to a point where it's like, you don't want to do the hustle and bustle of, of the club. You don't want to go to work at 11 o'clock at night and stay at six till six o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. for a thousand dollars when you can literally go and make, you know, a thousand and more in 15 minutes. Right. So, you know, I got into high-end escorting and I was making a lot of fucking money, dude. It was insane. Even when I met Jay, Jay knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've always been honest about it. Right. I've never lied. I've always been like, you know, this is part of my life and this totally. is how I make my money and you're, you're not going to be able to take that away from me. And it's not because I did it because I enjoyed being with men. It was because I enjoyed the freedom of all the money that I made mm -hmm. and I was independent and nobody could ever take my house from me or, you know, my cars or anything. So, so let me ask you this because uh -huh. I'm super naive. It Escorting is what? So escorting is men pay you for sex, okay. technically. I thought so. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what I think about that. Yeah. I think that's fucking awesome. You know why? You. Because sex is amazing and yeah. so much fun. Yeah. And it is part of being a human being. Absolutely. It is not 
I think it is so stupid how taboo mm. society has made sex. Yeah. And uh, how shameful. It's shameful. It's yeah. so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing and very fun and free part of life. I agree. And, and I, I don't like that there's a huge stigma for women who choose to do something like that for a living. What I don't like is how they think that a woman cannot be a sex worker and also be super smart and a businesswoman. So stupid. Like, I don't. I, that's what I don't like. Some of the best women I've met in, in the world, some of the best moms, some of the best um, wives, just some of the best women who have grown, gone to college because of what they've done, you know, are I've met were in the sex industry, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's where I've always been frustrated with the stigma, the scarlet letter of being a sex worker because it's like, that doesn't define us. Like, yes, we were, we're literally, a lot of the women in the industry are raised on survival mm-hmm. and we're doing it because, you know, we have to. Everybody's like, oh, you took the easy way out. That's not the fucking easy way, dude. No, it's not. And I've, I've tried to preach that to people and I don't ever want to glamorize sex work because I, heaven forbid, ba- you know, Bailey ever came to me and was like, hey, I want to be a sex worker. I'd be like, absolutely fucking not. And, you know, a lot of people would think that that would be, you know, hypocritical, hypocritical, but at the same time, it's like, I know what I went through and how strong I had to be Mm -hmm. to be in that industry. And I would never want our little girl to ever feel like it's something cool or something she would ever have to do, you know? Totally. But it is an avenue. Absolutely. There's a lot of, I think what people in our country don't understand is that there are times in some people's life, I can't relate to someone who grew up in like extreme poverty. Yeah. I, we were not wealthy. Mm-hmm. We were definitely blue collar. And mm-hmm. my dad totally always was like, oh, I don't know how we're going to make it this month. But I never didn't have a place to live. Right. I was never hungry. I always had something to wear. Yeah. And I know even Miss Pat, you know, she's a comedian. She mm-hmm. wrote a, a, her memoir is about she was selling crack because she had two babies and she couldn't make it work mm-hmm. on welfare. Yeah. And I didn't understand that world until I read her memoir and went, oh my God, totally. I understand. Now, listen, I don't want anybody to be smoking crack. <laughs> right. I don't want anybody to do drugs. Don't be a crackhead, please. I don't like that. <laughs> right. But I, that's not what I'm saying is okay. Right. What I'm saying is okay is a mother who was trying to survive with her two young children did what she felt she had to do to keep her kids fed and with a roof overhead because her opportunities were really limited. Absolutely. And so if you look at someone's perspective from the inside mm-hmm. instead of the outside, mm-hmm. then I that's where you can really have compassion and understanding for choices people make, especially if you did exactly what you did, it sounds like to me, is you made a choice and choose and choosed and chose <laughs> to be empowered by that choice. Absolutely. I was sexually abused as a kid too. So I think my hatred for men was like, okay, you, I get to decide when you touch me. I'm going to charge you to touch me. And that was kind of me taking my power back. How fascinating is that? <laughs> I love you. I wish more people had your, um, your view on that. And I always say to, to, um, go off of what you were just saying. I always tell everybody what's tea for someone is testimony for you. You know, like everybody has their own path that they've chosen or some of us didn't choose that path. We just, you know, had to do what we had to do to survive. 
And, you know, yes, could I have gotten a regular job? I worked a regular job while I was a stripper. I did uh, real estate. I was a senior loan processor. And I did that for a really long time, probably two or three years. And it was exhausting. I was burning the candle at both ends because I was trying to have a moral compass mm-hmm. of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want to only rely on stripper money. I need to go to this job where I'm making two, you know, $200 a week to try to get through to, you know, it was just none of it worked out, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so to, to answer your question about being the internet hoe is, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing escort work and then OnlyFans came into the picture probably about 2021 or 2020. Yeah, 2020 when COVID hit. And I, I went to Jay and I was like, babe, I was just one of those moments where I was like, babe, I'm going to try this out. And if it goes, I'm going to stop accepting clients. And he was like, go, baby, go. Like, that's one thing I love about my husband is he's never tried to change me. Right. He's ne- he's always let me be independent. Right. He's all, he's He knows I never want to be known as Jelly Roll's wife. Right. And it, I told him this whenever we first um, got together. I was like, I love you and I know you have a dream and I'm going to support you, but I'm also going to do my own thing because I never want people, one, to think I'm a gold digger or two, I just... And I'm not that type of woman. Like right. I, I understand like you, women want to be housewives and stuff like that. Fucking more power to you. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be a, just a housewife, but I can't. My trauma won't let me. Mm-hmm. I have to fucking, you know, do my, I have to be big dog on my own. You right? know, my trauma won't let me. So we did the OnlyFans and it fucking went, Leanne. I'm talking like I made my first million. It was like, I mean, I had, I had already made probably close to a million on my own uh, in the industry, one or two million. But this was like, I made my first million online in on OnlyFans. And I was like, I am never going back, baby. Right? So I stopped seeing clients and Jay was, ha- he was more than happy. Jay even did the OnlyFans with me for a while. We would make videos together and everything. And that's when I married a rapper, Leanne. <laughs> and then he decided to become a country music star. And I was like, I don't want to be the only country music wife whose butthole is on the internet. <laughs> That's amazing. He never asked me to shut my OnlyFans down. Right. Never, ever, just whatever you want to do, baby, whatever mm-hmm. makes you comfortable. And I just told him, I said, you know what? I love you. And my podcast is making enough money now to where the ads that, cause I, for the longest time, this is my hyper independence. I was like, I'm never putting ads on my podcast. Mm. I'm not doing this. I'm doing it all my own. And then finally my manager was like, bitch, come on. <laughs> like right? you, you, let's, let's fucking, you can make your only fans money back if you just let us put some ads on the podcast. So I was like, okay. So I retired because I just didn't want him, you know, to have to always be, live in that or, you know, people being like, oh, Jelly's married to a porn star because a lot of people in the country music realm don't understand uh, the the fans, not the mm. the actual people. They have been amazing to us. Right. But country music fans are wild. They mm. say the craziest shit. And I just didn't want him to have to deal with that. You know, he's already fighting a battle because he's a bigger guy. He's tattooed. He was a rapper. So it's like, the, I didn't want to add to it. Right. So I retired my OnlyFans in March of 2023. And now I'm just strictly doing the podcast and all that stuff. But yeah, that was my whole online hoe thing. <laughs> Got it. That's yeah. cool though. Was, yeah. I, I think it's great that you wanted to have your own thing and yeah. have to have your own. You're a hustler. Yeah, literally. It's you in are. my blood. I can't sit still. Totally. Come here, sir. I get it. I'm sorry. He's so funny. He's just wandering around. Come here. Come on. Oh, geez. Come on. He's so handsome <laughs> though. I just don't know how to, um, is my hair all messed up? Oh, 
Is it better now? Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know how to sit still and I just always have to, I'm a goal digger. Like I just always have to have a goal and something I'm working towards. That's awesome. Even, even if it's to the point of exhaustion. So did you answer the question I asked? What was the thing you haven't done yet that you want to do? Um, nope. I probably danced around it and answered five other ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I want, so when I first started this podcasting, I wanted, I always said, I always called myself the female Howard Stern because I love Howard. I know a lot of people don't, I love the old Howard. Right. Uh, the E channel Howard. Right. Um, the new Howard, I don't really, I haven't really listened to him. So I, it's nothing political people. I just literally loved the old Howard. Um, but now it's like, I kind of want to do, uh, Chelsea Handler has always been one of my, I love her to pieces. She's the best woman that we've ever dealt with. She's just amazing. So supportive of our family. And, um, she's helped our family tremendously. But even before that, I've always looked up to her because she had her Chelsea Lately show and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I've always wanted my own like nighttime talk show. And I feel like it's such a male dominated industry and I want to change that. Mm -hmm. And everybody told me, they're like, you're not going to be able to make money with a podcast. You're not going to be able to do this. And I've done everything that people have told me I couldn't do. Right. And now they're telling me I can't have my own show. So now I want it. I love it. <laughs> I'm coming for you. How do you get Late it? Late night talk show. I don't know. Whose dick do I got to suck around here? Right? No, Come on. Line them up. <laughs> I mean, you need to have a summit about it. <laughs> yeah, let's have a let's summit. Have a summit. Put the we, flag in the fucking ground. Let's we, go, baby. We got to figure it out. I think that would be amazing. You'd yeah, be great be at it. Oh, I appreciate you. You're You'd super, be my first guest. I oh, would love to have on. you. I, I swear to God. Not. Yes, you would. You have someone super awesome and famous. I don't know. Like, you're super my awesome. Husband, maybe. No. <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm a girl's girl. I even told them on the way here, I was like, they're like, I'm so excited to meet Bert because, you know, they love the machine. Of course. And I'm like, I'm more excited to meet Leanne. Like, for real. Like, I, the Same. woman behind the man means so much to me because I know what you guys have to do and what it takes to fucking be a wife of somebody who's just out there all the time, you know? Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, you do definitely know what that's like. It's mm. crazy, isn't it? Crazy yeah. world. No, it's insane. That you live in. Um, what's the hardest part about being in that world? Um, I have learned yeah. <laughs> this year to stop reading fucking comments please <laughs> on the internet yeah i and i just learned this lesson two weeks ago how I've, come what made what was the breaking point you know it gets to a point where i want to beat up everybody that fucking has something to say and it's like you know keep that same energy in person right. you know like you you're saying shit that you would never say to somebody mm -hmm. and my husband knows how I am because like you, like you said, you're a fighter. I am a fighter, like to the core. I want to, every dog that barks, I want to throw a rock at it, you right. know? And my husband and I finally went to uh, lunch the other day and he's like, what's going on? Cause he could tell I was really upset. And I mean, I was getting attacked online for like a drug for like two weeks for no reason. I mean, just people literally just hate on people and just like, they go on these brigades, especially on TikTok. And I was just like, I am tired of feeling like this. And he goes, "Bunny." I live in the real world. He goes, and you want to know what happens in the real world? Everybody loves us. He goes, you live in the online world. And I'm like, but that's how I built my brand. He goes, no, baby. He said, you built your brand being yourself. Mm -hmm. He's like, you have to stop allowing people to disturb your peace. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I, he's told me that before, but I was just like, it really clicked because I think I was ready to hear it, to receive it finally. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? You're right. He said, post and ghost. And I was like, cool. And I've done that ever since. Like I'll reply to like maybe five comments or like five comments. And after that, I don't, I don't give a fuck what people have to say anymore. Good. Because it's just, 
it's so toxic online mm-hmm. and so harmful for mm-hmm. anybody's mental health. And I just, you know, I'm always trying to stand up for people and like fight the bullies. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's too many of them now. Well, and it's really the way I look at it when I, 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 I'm lucky. I don't get a lot of negative comments on my podcast, but Bert does. Mm. And when I look at it, I just go, that's someone who's so unhappy. Mm. And I feel really bad for that person. Yeah. Um, not like, oh, you poor person. But no, I genuinely feel really bad. Mm. If someone feels their life has so little purpose that they have to go online and tear someone down who does no harm to anybody. Yeah. Then that's somebody who's really off in a ditch. Yeah. And real sad. Yeah. And that makes me feel really sad. Yeah, for sure. So I don't read comments because of that. Every time there's some ridiculous comment, I just think it's hysterical because I go, (laughs) you don't freaking know anything. Yeah. You don't know anything about me. The shit they come up with is wild. Insane. I think I read one today that said somebody, somebody said, Jelly and Bunny don't believe in God. Like, I'm I'm like, Jesus is my homie. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is crazy. And who cares? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're going to spend your time on? Yeah. Who cares? I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's the stupidest statement ever. Because if you listen to any of Jelly Roll's songs. It's all about God. It's 100%. Literally. Yeah. It's all spirituality. Yeah. Oh, that guy's just, that person's just. Yeah, for sure. But it's just, like I said, just learning to to not, um to just not read comments, not react anymore. So that's been my biggest learning lesson this year with everything. That's a good one. I just heard someone say recently, you don't get to negotiate how I feel about me. Oh, that's powerful. I negotiate how I feel about me. Mm. You don't get to do that. And I was like, oh, that's a really good statement. I love that. Right? That is powerful. Mm. Mm, That's beautiful. I love it. I'm stealing it. You can have it. Do you like Nashville? Um, I love Nashville now. It took me so long coming out of Vegas, you know, to Nashville. I was like, what the fuck is this? Everybody's a fucking hillbilly. What is happening? But no, I love it now. Like I'll go to Vegas and before like I have a two week mark and even like now, like seven days, I'm like, I want to go home, you know, because Nashville has become my safe space Mm -hmm. and just like, it's green and it's home, you know, and it, just people like us who didn't really have a home. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing to be able to say that that's home, you know, mm-hmm. whereas I never thought I would ever leave Vegas. No. So, yeah, ever. And I've been gone, you know, almost eight years now. So Wow. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of Vegas? Uh, probably the food. So oh, tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. They don't have that kind of food in Nashville, but it's okay. I cook like I'm supposed to when I'm at home. So, uh, no, but we go to Vegas and all we do is just hit the local spots that we love. Like I eat bad for like a week while I'm out there and I just love the food. So what's your favorite local spot in Vegas? Uh, well, there's two. There's Tacos El Gordo, which we love. Shout out Tacos El Gordo. We love you guys. They have the best tacos ever. And then, um, we also go and we eat at what they have is like the oyster bars out there at the casinos because I fucking love seafood. Yeah. And so we'll go and just mow down on a bunch of like crab and shrimp and we just go out there and just eat the, the seafood places. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you like seafood? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I don't like salmon. Other than that, I'm good. I don't know why. Salmon's I like salmon like if it's not fishy. Yeah, like, same. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you'll get a salmon and it's like, what the fuck happened? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. It's like you opened a can mm. of salmon. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's did the Did you worst. grow up eating that shit? I did. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you don't I want can't. To. Tuna fish, but not. 
Oh, I canned salmon. It was pretty rough. Oof. It's nasty. That is, I didn't even know that was a thing. It smells pretty bad. Oof. So, um, okay. Do you guys vacation? We do. We actually went to Dominican Republic in January. Not as often as, because right now Jay's in the thick of it. Yeah. So. Which is so exciting, by the way. Yeah. No, I'm so proud of him. Yeah. Leanne, like, I, that man deserves everything that's coming his way. Because mm-hmm. he literally has, he has, is righted a word. He has righted all of his wrongs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that a word? Am I using the proper? We'll, we'll use it. Yeah, he's righted all of his wrongs, and he just deserves. You know, he's put out so much love into the universe, and it's finally coming back to him. And it is the most beautiful thing to witness. Aww. So yeah, uh, what was the question? Because before I went off, do you on, vacation? Oh, do we vacation? Yeah. Dominican so we Republic? went to um, Dominican Republic in January, and it was amazing. We had this huge house out there, and like it was right on the ocean, and we just went out there for a few days. It was beautiful. And that was the last vacation we had. And I think we're going to try to go again, um, not to there, but on a vacation um, sometime next year. So that's if he could get some time off. Oh, is he touring a lot? Um, I don't, we haven't got the tour schedule yet for next year, but I know January is insane. Like, I don't think we're even going to be in the same, like, it's going to be nuts. We're not going to be home for probably more than like a week in January. So how do you, what do you, what do you do when you're separated like that for a long time? How do you feel, what, how do you stay connected? So I'm, we have a two week rule. We don't go more than two weeks without seeing each other. Um, but I'm always with him on tour. This tour, I took, you know, a lot of people were offended, but I took out my own tour bus and that was for good reason because one, I'm not going to ride on a bus with my husband and 11 other Wait, dudes. Wait, who had a problem with that? There's a lot of people who were offended by okay, it. Okay, they, they have never lived on <laughs> a tour like, bus. They were like, why would she, Why does she need her own bus? First of all, I funded it myself. My yeah. husband did not. Yeah. And secondly, I am complete opposite of my husband. I am yeah. very scheduled. I want to wake up, eat breakfast, hang out with my crew. Like it was, it's more the girl gang, you know? So, uh, yeah, I took out my own, my own, uh, bus with him. And then, um, I, I try my hardest to go to as many dates with him as possible, but his schedule is so grueling now that it's like, I kind of have to pick and choose runs. Mm-hmm. So I know in January I'll be with him at, at everything. Cause we're doing Hawaii, Paris, and Cancun, Mexico. Amazing. And then, um, you know, February, I think we have some time off, which I'm going to be writing a book. So I'm getting with my writer. What? Yeah. Okay, before we go to that. Yeah. I did not write on Bert's tour bus. Yeah. I wrote on the girls bus. Good. So I'm with you. Okay, But good. you're writing a book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So WME, William Morris uh, Agency signed me la- the beginning of this year, right? I just, I'm so bad with years. Right. I never know. So William Morris signed me and my agent Sloan is a fucking shark. I love her to death. Shout out Sloan for everything you do for me. Um, and she was just like, I love you. I love your story. You need to write a book. So we have been courting um, writers and I think we finally found one um, that I'm going to settle down with and I'm going to write. And then, because I don't ever really talk about my life. Like you'll hear me talk about bits and pieces of it, but nobody really knows my entire story. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to put it in book form and everybody will get to read it. That is so exciting. I know. I'm excited. I am so happy for you. Thank you. That's Why haven't great. you written a book? I don't know. You I don't should. have time. I'm too busy. I'm too busy running this <laughs> company we have and, and two kids. You I know? get it. I get it. I was you, a, I, you have so much wisdom to share. Aww. I really think you could. Well, I've been thinking about it lately. You know, I was a writer before I met Bert. I wrote screenplays. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I wrote screenplays. I had one movie that was made, I had four that were optioned in Hollywood, and then I had three other screenplays. I'd written eight total. Yeah. Um, but then when I got pregnant with Georgia and... Uh, 
you know, when you become a mom, Bert started touring when Georgia was three days old. I was like, I'm not going to be that mom. That, right. That's like, we couldn't afford a nanny. There's, mm. it was, we couldn't afford no, anything. So there was no space for me to write. So I had to choose to either be resentful because I couldn't write or be a present parent mm. and wife and be supportive to this career and be Bert's creative partner. And I chose that. And I'm super happy that I did. I love that. Uh, so... Your mind is beautiful. Oh, because there's so many chance. There's so many opportunities that you could have looked at things negatively, and you really just have made such a beautiful space. Life's too for short for your family and for you. Thank you. Mm. I uh, would not have changed one thing. Mm. I love my children. I think we have beautiful, generous, kind, unique human beings mm. that we raised as real parents, I worked a 40 hour a week job. Part of it was from home. And I only had a nanny when I wasn't physically at home. And Bert was the nanny Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays <laughs> until Georgia was six and Isla was four. I can't believe he would, could hold down that responsibility. It was really hard. <laughs> it was a lot. And, and, but we are real parents. No yeah. one raised our kids. Mm -hmm. We don't have nannies. We yeah. never have had nannies except for that little pocket of time mm -hmm. when I had to work. Same. That's what we're doing with Bailey. We're so hands on with her. And the only time when we aren't, when we aren't there, our niece mm -hmm. who is older, Kayla holds it down for us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've never just brought in a nanny. Like that's just no. weird. It is the most fulfilling thing mm -hmm. in your life, uh, in my life. And now Isla is a senior in high school. So didn't this, one of them just get accepted in like every college they applied Isla for? Did like yeah. Hello, that's that crazy volumes for you guys. And can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. She's a C student. She is that's not amazing, an A student. Though. Oh and god, there this, is hope for Bailey. There no, I'm is just hope for everybody because you know what? <laughs> this environment of like, oh my god, you don't have 18 AP classes and 45 extracurriculars. That is not my kid. Mm -hmm. My kid has. She's been a Girl Scout for 13 years. Other than that, she's flopped all over the place and she's a C student. Yeah. She got into every college she applied to. If you are realistic about who you are mm -hmm. and apply to those places, they want you to go there. Mm. So you just have to know who you are. Yeah. It's a real lesson for Isla to see herself realistically, yeah. right? Not to say, yeah, I'm going to go to Harvard. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I, why? At, what you want to do for a living doesn't even need Harvard. Right. She wants to be an interior designer. Mm. You would never make those choices. Yeah. So I'm so proud of her for knowing her herself. Mm. Right. Mm. And well, just, she gets that from you. She gets it from both of us. Mm -hmm. Bert definitely knows himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always known myself. I don't yeah. know why or how I was born with that gift, but I have always known my own mind. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything about my path at all. And I think I do have a book in me somewhere. You do. I've just been living in present time so much that I just want to stay in present time mm -hmm. until my both kids are up and out, you know? <coughs> yeah. I so I've got, that. this is our last year with Isla and then she'll be up and out. That's amazing. That's the, that's the best gift you could have given those kids is just your attention and your time. It is. Mm -hmm. I would have loved it. Mm -hmm. When I yeah. showed up at my dad's, he was that way exactly. Mm -hmm. I was all that existed. Thank goodness for dad. Yes. 
And but uh, you know, it's easy to do that three months out of the year, right? You know, <laughs> fun dad. It's a great dad. Yeah. You know, that would be easy for almost any parent. It's mm-hmm. like three months of the year. I am the best parent on the earth. Right. And the other nine months, I get to party my ass off, you right? Know, and be a bachelor. <laughs> it's kind of a no brainer. But did he ever settle down and get married? He did. He remarried, and this is something I actually would like to say to you: the importance of a step parent is so unparalleled. A step parent who loves you and who signs up for all of it. As a child that had a stepmother who signed up for all of it, Mm. that love is a chosen love. Mm. And it's not the same as the parent that gave birth to you Mm. or that made you happen. Mm. It is very special. And Mm. in some ways, it's more important than your actual parents because they're choosing you every day. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make me cry, Leanne. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Are you trying to make me cry? I'm going to cry. I'm getting emotional over here. Because my dad's second wife chose me every day. And I remember days going like, I don't know why she's choosing me. Mm. I mean, she must be making a mistake. <laughs> but she, they divorced when I was 21. But she's still there. My kids call her Grand Jan, mm. and I love her. And she's another reason why I am who I am today. My mm. dad and her, they didn't marry until I was about 17, but they were together from age 8 mm. to 21. Mm. So every birthday party, every prom, everything. She was there for everything. Mm. And being chosen every day is a very different love. Thank you. I so, appreciate that so much. I just want her to be the best that that she can be, you know? Like, she deserves that, so. She does, and so do you. Mm. And if she doesn't know it today, because you don't know much when you're 15 or 17, (laughs) more than just, you know, what you want, she'll know it because you're such a pure soul. I appreciate it. You want to make out? I mean, we might. Okay, let's let's do that. Let's do that because I don't want to cry. You don't even have to give me flowers. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm telling Bert I earned it. You totally earned it. I would rather not cry. I'd rather make out than cry. Is that that your distraction? I'm going to cry. Let's make out. Humor, (laughs) humor. It's always push it away. Same here. Well, I'm so glad I got to. I'm so glad. I don't. Meet you sounds lame. Yeah. But I'm so glad we finally got to hang out. Hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you, the first time I met Jelly Roll, he was like, You've got to meet my wife. Yeah. The two of you would be good friends. He told me that too. He's like, You're just like Leanne. I was like, Really? That's crazy. Let's do it. You he, know, I was so excited. He told me the same thing oh. and Bert told me the same thing about you. So no. I'm so glad it finally happened. Yay. I'm thank you for having me on. Oh like God. I really appreciate you. And just even hearing your story too, like I'm just so happy that we, you know, have all coincided, you know, collided together in this lifetime. I agree. I look forward to many more visits. I can't wait. With you. Yes. And I need to get you on my podcast. Come on. (laughs) We're just wrapping it up. (laughs) I heard that there was going to be crying. And I think you should definitely make out. If you've done it, do anything. Close this episode by making out. Bert, I'm coming to turn her out, baby. (laughs) He's the best dog ever. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this, Bunny. Thank you for having me. I hope I, I really see you again you. soon. Oh, you will for sure. And I'm going to get you on my podcast. Okay, I'll do it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> thank you.